0: So, so Doc, what's going on, man?
1: Oh, just, a, just relaxing after a good, hard day's work. bunch of good new patients. And, yeah, Re- ready for some pretty cool stuff. Ready for some Q and A. Oh, see something different.
0: Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, your sound is great. One of the things we were struggling with um, prior to to going live tonight was was the sound over there. Carol, how's it going? Um, great to see you. Uh, let's get right to it, man. Let's get to it so we can get to some live, uh, live questions. Um, this is actually a really interesting one and one that we don't get, uh, a ton of questions about. Um, my son hit puberty earlier than others his age. He seems to be depressed, irritated, and aggressive at times. Uh, he recently had a major decline, decline in schoolwork. And the question is, is hormone testing or therapy possible or even recommended for teens? Uh, or are there any uh, other options?
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely ought to have some blood testing. Um, obviously, um, if you hit puberty early, um, a lot of testosterone kicks in and, you know, everything changes when that kicks in a little bit. And um, so some of it may be related to that the fact that um, he may have some <clears throat> kind of undue pressure, aggressiveness on his part because the T levels go up really high really quick. So sometimes when you're, you know, ahead of everybody else, it kind of throws a monkey wrench into your psyche. So um I would, you know, if he's if his school work's dropping off and he's having some other issues, he may be depressed. So, you know, it's usually the other situation that I see. I saw one last week that uh had delayed puberty, 16 year old was a lot shorter. So, you know, we got into a kind of a growth hormone workup. So that's usually more of the case that I see, but definitely um, a lot of it may be dietary related. And uh, so I need to look at his diet, what he's eating, um, you know, a little mini physical to see what's going on. And certainly some routine blood tests to make sure nothing's, <clears throat> you know, kind of crazy out of sight like um, his growth hormone levels off the charts or something. I don't know how fast he's growing or, you know, what his bone age is, but certainly deserves a workup. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of kids these days, especially during the last two years have gotten depressed. And I mean, it's been a terrible time to be a kid really. So um, it could be related to that. And certainly when you start getting some testosterone on board, um, it can make you a little more aggressive and combine the fact that his friends aren't there yet may make him feel a little different. So, uh, so there could be both a hormonal and a psychological component to it. But, you know, if their grades are dropping off, certainly, uh, need to, to address that with, um, you know, somebody like me or a pediatrician, uh, you know, but but you maybe even a pediatric endocrinologist. Uh,
0: you wouldn't recommend therapy, I'm assuming, though, um, uh, hormone therapy. You're, what kind you're, of therapy? Hormone therapy. You wouldn't recommend anything in regards to that because it seems like uh, he's getting adjusted to having more hormones on board. Is that is that well, right? Well, you
1: certainly don't want to downregulate his own hormone production. Right. No, but right. I'm going to say he may need a hormone evaluation. Got it. He certainly doesn't need more testosterone, for sure. But a look at the other hormones would be appropriate and make sure nothing else is going on with him. Um, You know, and sometimes you can just talk to people, kids especially, and kind of, you know, get where they're coming from. And a lot of it may be just, you know, psychological pressures of being a teenage kid. Right. Um, So, yeah, definitely – Bring him in.
0: That's a it's a really good question. I appreciate. I see your
1: pediatrician.
0: Yeah, thank you for 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 putting that in because I know um uh, yeah your son's probably not the only one uh, going through uh something like that. So hopefully that helps a, a few people out there. Um, let's see here. Let's get to. Uh, I want to get to this real quick because it seems you don't old. want to
1: depress teenager though. Make sure your your teenager gets. It's the appropriate treatment if you, if what well, I was saying, that if your teenager is depressed, they need to talk to somebody. Um, so,
0: thank you for okay. that, Amy. I, I want to get this to uh, get Nola's question up here because it seems uh, a little more pressing. Um, how do I know if my husband needs a chest x ray? Day four started hawking up brown red phlegm, started Z-Pak today. Uh, how much budesonide? Uh, It seems like uh, he has COVID as well. I'm going to go ahead and assume, Nola, and that's what you're talking about. you have anything uh, kind of response to that?
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, You know, follow the the oxygen saturations. That's how how you kind of follow COVID. And um, he may not need an x-ray now unless his O2 sats are going down. You know, most of these people that I treat do have COVID pneumonia, and the X-ray will just kind of prove it. But um, you know, if it, if their PO2s, their oxygen saturation through that little finger monitor, are going down, the two tests that I like to obtain are a chest X-ray and a D-dimer. The D-dimer will show if uh, they're getting um, blood clots that may form a pulmonary embolus. But so if you can get a chest X-ray. It's not a bad idea. Um, started z today. You know, really stood the shark, should have started the ZPAC day one if you could. I'm, I'm not sure why you're starting so late. But um, you may just now have found out he has COVID. I don't know. But um, uh, Budesonide um, definitely um, it comes in 0.4 with a nebulizer. Do it twice a day, but I've bumped it up to four times a day depending on the uh, oxygen saturation. So, and then on day five, I usually add oral steroids as well. So um, looking at the vitals and um, see if he has fever, definitely get on the antibiotic and hopefully you're on some, he's on some ivermectin and add steroids tomorrow. If he's getting treated through uh, my office, um, then he needs to probably get on the phone with one of us tomorrow and kind of update things and uh, through the telephone and and talk it out. But uh, look at that oxygen saturation. um, And you can definitely give the Budesonide two, maybe four times a day, get on the vitamin protocol. I hope you've got ivermectin on board. I don't know if he received monoclonal antibodies or not, Um, but uh, hopefully so. And it's definitely not too late for that, but, um, and hope hopefully he's getting the high dose vitamin C, the zinc, the quercetin, and the whole gamut. But uh, certainly um, touch bases with us tomorrow at the office, and one of us, uh, me or one of my uh, mid levels, will, will definitely talk to you, help guide you through this.
0: Um, thank you for that, Nolan. If you have it, uh, if you want to follow up, um, you can just you can email me, and I'll make sure uh, Dr. Rogers or somebody sees it. Um, let's get to, to this one real quick. Uh, how long do I need to take full-strength aspirin? Um, this is if they are on COVID. Uh, do I need to bump down to a baby aspirin at any time? Uh, seems they are in their late 30s.
1: Yeah, uh, I definitely use the full-dose aspirin for two weeks, and then if you're recovering well and your PO2 up and you know you haven't thrown blood clots, which hopefully you haven't, uh, you can get back down on the uh, 81 uh, for the rest of the month. Um, definitely. Oh, um,
0: all right. Thank question. you. Thank you for that. Hopefully, hopefully that helps. Uh, let's get to a, uh, let's see, let's get to this one right here. University of Florida researchers found a uh, diphen, diphenhydramine taken with lactoferrin, a protein in cow milk reduced SARS COVID-2 virus replication 99% in tests with monkey cells and human lung cells. And I'll put that back up if you need to see it again. The question is, what are your thoughts on this researcher? Would you use these medications as a preventative measure? Are you with me? We might have lost them there, guys. Uh, let, me, let me wait for... Uh, for his his
1: uh
0: Wi-Fi to come back, are you are you with me, Doc?
1: Um, I understand we're going
0: going, in and, going out. in
1: and out of the internet, but hopefully this is coming through. But um, I haven't I haven't seen that study.
0: Well, there you. Uh, so apparently he has he has not seen that study. Uh, and I will I'll make sure he 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 finds that study. Uh, here in a bit, and uh, hopefully he gets uh, some better internet uh, internet uh, connection. Um, let's see here uh, who's who's coming who's who's joined us since we since we started. Nicole, what's going on? Good. Uh, we're looking forward to to get to your question. I love a good CBD oil question. Um, let's see, Carol, uh, what's going on? Johnny, what's going on? Sue, we're going to get to your question. I love the 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 Pepsi for COVID questions. Uh, Barbara, what's up? Um, We're going to hopefully. Belinda, what's going on? Um, We're going to hopefully get Doc uh, back here. Uh, Let's see here. Trying to figure out how it's going over there. I wonder if it's storming in the Tri Cities or something. Katie, what's going on?
1: Am I back on? You're back. You there? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened to the internet, but, uh, no, it's not storming here, but who knows? Uh, but that was, that, I haven't seen that particular study out of, uh, University of Florida, but, um, you know, certainly diphenhydramine is just plain Benadryl and lactoferrin is an extract from milk, cow's milk. So, you know, I certainly haven't seen that. Um, but, um, Sounds promising. It's certainly pretty safe if you want to try it. I, I don't know. There's so many things that claim that it's 99% effective. Um, you know, one of the things I did my weekly note on today was a a, uh, a supplement called monolaurin. Yep. That supposedly kills 99% of 99.9% of viruses and also bacteria and fungus. So, um, you know, these claims sometimes are kind of outrageous, but uh, certainly, you know, it's something to be looked at and uh, not certainly, it's not gonna hurt you to, to take that for sure. But sometimes humans are a little different than um, doing it in other animals or even uh, in vitro test tubes. So, but yeah, we'll keep an eye on that and see. Um, there, there's gonna be a lot of other repurposed drugs that work for COVID, of course, certainly like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. How
0: do you plan? Um, just kind of but, anticipating that. How do you plan to kind of vet through, like you said, you know, all the different claims. You know, are you planning on you know using everything in the arsenal uh, based on the the patient? Because I'm sure different things work for different people based on where they're they're at with the well, disease.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times we throw the kitchen sink at them. Of course, we've used a lot of repurposed drugs like Tricor that we use for cholesterol. We've used Luvox, which is a serotonin drug. Um, We've used um, Dutasteride, Finasteride, which are medicines that lower your dihydrotestosterone level. They're prostate medicines. Uh, There's been some success with those. Uh, But, you know, there's a lot of things that may help. You know, there's not time to do a double-blind study. There's no money to do it either. So, you know, if they're generally safe, then um, it's certainly worth a try. But certainly go with the the proven ones that that we've been using for almost two years now, like ivermectin, zinc, high-dose vitamin D, C, an H1 and an H2 blocker like Pepsid and Zyrtec, melatonin, um, certainly an antibiotic, uh, inhaled budesonide, uh, and monoclonal antibodies now that we have those. But uh, um, certainly there's other stuff out there that may work. But again, I haven't heard of that. I'd probably go with the stuff uh, that we know. But Benadryl's not going to hurt anybody it's just a, you know, it's an antihistamine like Zyrtec is. Um, so.
0: All right. Well, let's get to some, uh, some zinc questions. There's, there's two zinc questions that are back to back, um, that I think, uh, will, will help a, a lot of people. Um, as you know, a lot of people have, you know, struggle with zinc on their stomach. Um, what are the s- specific forms slash types of zinc that some have mentioned in here that are easier on the stomach? And, uh, if you're with us live, um, if you can, if you're taking a, a zinc that is a little easier on the stomach, put in the comments. We'd love to uh, to see that, and that could that could help out. What are your thoughts on that, Doc?
1: Um, you know, whichever one you can tolerate, there are. I think there's three different forms of zinc. Picolate is one that's I think better tolerated, um, and you generally don't need to go much above 50. Sometimes I use 75 to 100 but it does tend to upset your stomach, especially if you, if you don't take it with a, a meal, especially a fatty meal. Um, but maybe, you know, if, and you can, if you can't tolerate 50 milligram, go to 30 and maybe take a 30 twice a day. You know, that's what I did because I have a hard time with a 50. So I got a 30 when I had COVID and took it uh, with the two different meals of the day. Um, but As long as you're getting zinc in there, all the forms of zinc work against COVID. Mm. They actually uh, are virucidal. You need to get it into the cell with something like quercetin. That's the function of quercetin, acts as an autophore to get it in there. Same thing that really hydroxychloroquine does. Um, So.
0: Well, and that that kind of goes to this next question uh, around quercetin with zinc. Um, Do they need to be taken at the same time, like, you know, the same sitting, or can you spread them out in terms of, you know, how do we make sure the quercetin is the vehicle uh, for for zinc? Yeah, you
1: can take them at the same time. You just don't take your quercetin with your, at the same time you take your ivermectin. Okay. um, Because it can interfere with absorption. Uh, It won't hurt you. It just won't work as well.
0: Okay. Uh, So take those at the the same time. Uh, We're going to go to to YouTube here. Uh, None your business. What's going on? Uh, What are the benefits of taking chelated zinc?
1: I like a chelated zinc. You know, chelation just means clawing. It seems to be a pretty clean form of zinc, a more pure form. But I've never tried it, so I don't know if it's easier on your stomach or not. Maybe we can get some feedback from people. But um, I certainly like anything that's, that's chelated. Um, it seems to be a little more, um, bioavailable, I think. So I'm all for it. Um, uh, just Lee- haven't taken any.
0: All right. Thank you. Thank you for that question on YouTube. Uh, Lisa asked on Facebook during COVID recovery week two to three, do you advise to return to the preventative plan dosages?
1: Yeah, you know, certainly for me, for ivermectin, I'm still taking it, but I'm just taking it twice a week now for a month, and then I'll, then I'll go to it once a week for a while, um, you know, uh, and certainly if you have uh, long holler syndrome, you can take it more often than that. It's not going to hurt you. So yeah, uh, I do, um, return to definitely the the previous doses of the especially the D C and the zinc. Um, and there, there's some other things, of course, that, that you can take, um, that are, they're great for you. Like elderberry, L-glutamine, um, you know, I take a lot of vitamins and I think a lot of them really help, um, you know, the, the oxidative stress that we face every day anyway. But, um, you might, might want to stay on a little higher dose of C than normal. Yep. Uh, At least a gram twice a day. I think I think that's very effective, Um, and maybe add the B complex as well, because it seems like you get tired out a lot. You know that uh, for a while. You know for some reason I haven't really experienced the fatigue uh, so much. You know after uh, I got over COVID. Um, So and certainly I got my taste and smell back within two weeks uh, completely. Um, and I used Flonase um, pretty much um, after day five or so. because I know it protects you against uh, some of that uh, loss of smell. Um, I think that helped a lot. And I, I continue to take a little bit of Zyrtec at night.
0: I'm, um, doing, I'm doing the same thing with, with uh, Zyrtec. I'm going to try the Flonase, um, actually. Uh, so Nicole asks on Facebook, does long-term use of CBD oil... Uh, with THC, um, have side effects, and uh, let's see here. If I, if I if I mess that up, Nicole, let me know. Um, what, what's your thoughts on that, real quick?
1: Well, um, probably not. Depends on your age and how much THC uh, you have in there. The dose of THC, which is a psychoactive form of of um, you know cannabis um it's marijuana basically but um so it just depends on the dose you use certainly um cbd oil um is pretty innocuous it's pretty mild in a lot of cases it it helps people um but of course the thc is the part that um you use more for chronic pain insomnia um anxiety, although CBD is a milder form of that that helps some too. It just depends. I mean, it's about 50 50 on the CBD oil as to whether it helps you or not. Um, Now THC of course could make you hungry, weight gain. Um, It can cause paranoia in certain people. Uh, If young people take it, it increases their chance of having schizophrenia, I think. It's certainly a demotivator to young kids, but so it all depends on the age. I always say don't overdo anything, especially a psychoactive drug like THC. Um, You know, it just depends on your chronicity and the severity of what illnesses you're dealing with. Um, But uh, you know, CBD is good for a lot of other stuff like seizures and things. But um, so it's individual case, and, and look at how much THC you have in there. You know, in Tennessee, we can't use THC uh, really for medical purposes yet. In Virginia, uh, we can. That's one reason, of course, I'm going to open up an office in uh, Virginia, Bristol, Virginia, to because med- use of medical marijuana certainly has a place, and it will be approved in Tennessee. But, uh, who knows how long it will be. So uh, but I'm certain I'll learn quite a bit about that when I get that Bristol, Virginia office going. So um, –
0: no, it's it's a really it's a really good question and and probably a more common one, um, you know, as as Tennessee gets closer um, to uh, having THC uh, legalized, um, uh, Johnny asked uh, another CBD question. You know, can you recommend a CBD oil? Nothing we've tried has worked. Um, we've tried quite a few, and what's your what's your initial thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, of course, you know, uh, Charlotte's Web is probably the most well-known one. It's, I think it's one of the first ones that prevented the se- the unrelenting seizure in a little girl named Charlotte. They mm-hmm. named it after her, It's Charlotte's Web. Um, but, you know, we've had pretty good luck with um, Holston Hemp and some of the other... Uh, I'm trying to remember, remember some of the other names of it, but... Um one, one is um certainly one is Vi- Delta 8 a little more uh, yeah pure is that one out of Georgia that we've used some people really like their bombs and their their ointments uh, yep. for joint pain. Uh but you know you can get something um called Delta Eight, which actually has uh, um a form of THC in it, but it's not um Delta nine, which is precluded by law here in Tennessee. So it's a way to get around. So if the regular CBD isn't working, try the Delta, what's called Delta eight, because it is legal here. I don't know how they skirt around it, but you know, my gut feeling is it'll all this stuff's going to be legal at some point in the near future. So, but certainly any, anything like that can could that has THC in it could, could cause a side effect. And, you know, down the road, overuse of anything could lead to dependence and, um that type of thing would you so.
0: recommend cycling so if you if you were to get on a CBD oil especially mm-hmm. with t h c would you cycle yeah. cycle it out i
1: would I would yeah okay.
0: um yeah, let's get to a a hormone question here. Kimberly on Facebook asks what are symptoms of high progesterone in women on hormone therapy?
1: Well, if you have a lot of weight gain sometimes it that means that you're taking too much progesterone. Um, So definitely check the levels and see that that, uh, progesterone to estrogen balance, estradiol balance is really important. Um, I like to see about a um, uh, one to 10 ratio, uh, one progesterone 10 of of estradiol. Um, So uh, yeah, I mean, you can get certainly Weight gain is the most common one I see, but if you um, also um, lose, if start having hot flashes and night sweats, and maybe um, irritability, um, hair thinning, hair, look at those ratios, and look at the testosterone levels as well, and your DHEA levels. And say
0: that ratio one more time.
1: Um, Ten to one estrogen needs to be ten times your uh, progesterone level. Got it. That's in a blood test. Got it.
0: Um, All right. Thank you for that, Kimberly. Uh, Sue asks um, when and how to take Pepsid uh, for COVID.
1: Um, start immediately when you get COVID, start taking Pepsid AC over the counter twice a day. Um, you know, it works um, as an H2 blocker and it's an antihistamine effect and certainly use uh the, the uh, H1 blockers like Zyrtec is my favorite one. And take that one at night because it helps you sleep.
0: All but, right. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Sue, let's get to Edna here. Uh, if COVID has done damage to the kidneys, will the kidneys recover?
1: Um, usually, unless you have some pre existing, like, um, hypertension diabetes uh, previous uh, proteinuria or, or kidney um damage you know previous kidney damage through those mechanisms uh, or some intrinsic kidney disease uh but usually yeah i mean usually you do um hopefully you haven't had to go to the hospital and get uh, the remdesivir which is hard on your kidneys but um yeah, usually they do. Usually things recover from COVID, assuming your immune system is healthy and everything else is in line, like your sugar levels and your blood pressure, especially. Um, um, great question.
0: Thank you for, for that. And uh, we're going to go um, back to a question that came throughout the week. Um, this is about the Omicron. Uh, the WHO reports Omicron COVID-19 variant is spreading faster than any previous strain. of patients were between 18 and 39, 79% were fully vaccinated. The question is, any thoughts on why the 18 to 39 age groups are in the majority testing positive? Also, why the high rate among fully vaccinated?
1: Um, You know, that's the $100 question. Um, Well, it tends to be, from what we've heard so far, we don't have a lot of data on that yet, but I saw that same report today. Um, it does seem to be selecting out the vaccinated, uh, people. So it could be that these vaccinated people, like they predicted, um, a year, a year over a year ago that you may, um, it may kind of predispose you to pick up these other variants and maybe even influenza and some other things you kind of can downregulate your own immune system. So I assume that's the mechanism, but, um, you know, and again, in the 18 to 39 age group, um, you know, those people are going to do fine anyway, uh, especially if they're healthy and they're not morbidly obese. But, um, you know, uh, those might, may also be a group, an age group that's healthy, that's, you know, hasn't had previous COVID. I'm hoping that that innate immunity from having some of the other strains like the alpha and the delta, will be protected against, uh, Omicron. Nobody really knows yet though, you know, all these multiple variances around that spike protein are just kind of strange. It's almost like, um, so like it's been enhanced somewhere, you know, so not a lot's known about that, but hopefully, you know, they said in, in London that within two weeks that that Omicron may be the, dominant um, COVID overtaking Delta. Right now here, it's about 99% Delta, but you know as these viruses mutate, new ones move in, Delta was uh, a little bit more aggressive than the Alpha. There's certainly been a couple of other strains that weren't very aggressive at all. It seems like Omicron's gonna be uh, less virulent. Well, the hope is that, that the more these mutate and they get in, that the milder they will be because the only way they survive is that if they don't kill the host. Um, so um, I, I think this code is gonna be around forever. I really yeah. do. And uh, in my own opinion, we don't need to keep chasing it with, with uh, boosters and other vaccines, unless they come up with a good vaccine for it, but they've never developed a great vaccine for any kind of coronavirus. Which, including the common cold. Um, and you, you know, the booster using the boosters almost like using last year's flu shot, you know? Um, yeah,
0: that's an interesting way gonna, of looking it's, at it. It's,
1: it's, yeah. Um, so the flu shots about 30% effective in most years because they're, they're, they're kind of guessing at it, you know, that, that, the mutations kind of stay ahead. So that by the time they develop something that gets past, boom, you're dealing with something different. Yeah. So again, my emphasis is to get your own immunity in, in check, like we talked about in the note today, you know, through keeping, you know, keeping weight off yourself. Don't eat sugar, get a good night's sleep, exercise, take your supplements. You're gonna have to take supplements, especially D and C and zinc and maybe some other ones, you know, to boost your immune system, especially as you get older. As you get older, your immune system kind of falters a little bit. Um, You don't have the immune system that a younger person has. That's why in, you know, in age 50 and younger, you know, there's virtually very low chance of uh, you dying from COVID. And if you're 18 and under, there's nearly a 0% chance. You know, they say these hospitals are full of kids. Well, if They are these kids have pre existing and, um, like obesity. Yeah, you know, we do have a lot. Gosh, we have a lot sicker group of kids than we used to, mostly because they're overweight, out of shape, and stressed out, probably not sleeping. Um, and certainly there are, um, there are outliers too. Yeah. I mean, codes can be nasty, it can get healthy people, it's rare, uh, but it, it can certainly get other people but that's why you treat aggressively early with anybody you know anybody that calls our offices we treat aggressively we don't say go home and when your lips turn blue then come back or go to the hospital you know we we want to we want to we want to treat early and yeah. i do think the monoclonals have helped a lot of people including me
0: yeah and i and i do think i'm a, I'm a good example of that um you know me i'm 35 uh, healthy and, 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 you know, you were very aggressive in, in, in what, what we did with, with me. Um, so, uh, let, let's get to a question here. Uh, Connie, uh, on Facebook asks, my dad is 85 and has not been vaccinated and doesn't want to be, will they offer the, thank antib- God, <laughs> will they offer the antibodies to everybody <laughs> to have if you, if you don't have COVID to build? So the question is, um, Will, will people be able to get the antibodies, um, even if they don't have COVID, to build up their
1: system? Not yet, but I'm hoping that comes to pass.
0: Okay, um, so you do think there's a possibility? You know, I know they're
1: really, yeah, I think it helps. But I do think that um, that's certainly a better thing than the vaccine. But it's, you know, it's not as available right now to everybody. I talked to a patient today that, I just got back from Chicago and up there i think they're opening it up pretty much and that's what they should do they should really focus on getting these monoclonals out as both a, an early treatment for sure for everybody that wants it especially those at risk factor like your dad cuz he's 85 yeah he's at risk but um but it seems know, he he, again,
0: he doesn't have covid so you know could do you see a, a possibility in the future where yeah, he could get the monoclonal okay
1: I do. And I'm hoping that comes to pass. Yeah. You know, well, it's certainly rather at his age, get those, you know, preventatively than take your chances with going ahead and get COVID because, um, but I've seen many 90 year olds just who you think wouldn't do that good, do fine with it. Um, it's hard to predict. It really is. There's, there's some genetic tendencies that people have. They've even discovered a couple of genes. I'm not talking about blood type, uh, that may predispose you to doing worse with COVID. Um, So.
0: Thank you, uh, for that question. Great question. Connie, I'm going to put this up there. Uh, thank you, Gina, for, for, uh, making a, a recommendation there. Experienced organics, uh, make CBD products locally in Johnson city. Love the, the, the local products, um, you know, uh, digest shield, um, whom we, love the the co-probiotic is also uh produced in johnson city um so super pumped to to have the the local tri-cities people um and use use their products um, let's see here oh nice uh barbara I, I said i will be getting monoclonal fusion tomorrow how long do you think it will take for me to feel better my symptoms have been mostly aches and mild fever
1: Um, It usually takes a day or two for those to kick in. Some people report feeling kind of worse right after they have them, Uh, but it's hard to know because they're just coming now with COVID. So um, I'm I'm glad you're getting those, Barbara. Definitely be a major advantage. And do all the other stuff as well.
0: Um, Yes, uh, keep us posted, Barbara. Hopefully hopefully it doesn't take long for you to start uh, feeling better. Um, Angel asked, do you recommend a D dimmer test for someone who has had the shot and within what time frame? Um, th- what's interesting is we're getting a lot of comments about the D dimmer test. Um, can you kind of, ex- the D-dimmer. D-dimmer. D dimer is for,
1: it's dimmer. Yeah. Can,
0: can you explain that a little bit for the people who don't know much about it? And, uh, um, yeah, it's just
1: a blood test that we measure, uh, to see if you're forming blood clots. Okay. Um, that can go to the lungs. So. It's a very useful test. Uh, A lot of people that have the vaccine will have a high D-dimer. It's more of an academic exercise, really, because once you've had the vaccine, you've had it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you can certainly come in our office and get a D-dimer if you want. uh, But, you know, it's probably not going to be high for more than a couple weeks. So after that, it's not going to be probably real accurate. Um, So I would, you know, for academic purposes you can come in within a week or two of the, of the vaccine and, and see if your d-dimer went up a little bit um so are you
0: recommending people when people get over covid to to get the d-dimer
1: not really if they're over it okay you no know, because there's no need to not really because if they're over it you know you don't want to never want to do a, a test that you don't need or you don't know what to do with. Um, I suppose, um, you know, if you're still struggling, it's it's a useful test to get because it'll tell you, you definitely need to be on a blood thinner for maybe a little bit longer. So I recommend anybody who's going to get the vaccine, take, you know, an aspirin a week before and a week after. And, um, probably omega-3s and maybe knack as well. If you want to kind of prophylax for the vaccine, if you have to get it.
0: Um, I, this Jay Bingham. This might be Jeff. If if it is Jeff, that's a, a good friend of ours. Hope you're. Hope you're wonderful. Great to see you in here. Could be John. It could it be John. John. Uh, it, it's a it's a Bingham, and, yeah. and we love all the Binghams. It's probably not
1: Bob. It's probably not Bob. <laughs> it's not Bob. I don't think it's Bob. No, uh, he's asleep by this time of night, and he wouldn't <laughs> ask these kind of questions. He just does whatever I tell him. He won't. He won't ask these kind of academic questions. Yeah,
0: yeah. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't try to dig a little deeper. Um, with, with the questions, he just kind of, uh, takes whatever you say, which is, which is cool, which is cool too. But uh, it may not even
1: be out of that Bingham family. Who knows? But, who, who knows? Um, who knows?
0: But if it is, we're, we're, are great friends with the Binghams and, uh, Jay Bingham, whichever one you are, if you are one, uh, even if you're not one, uh, one of the Binghams in Kingsport, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, what type of vitamin C do you recommend for a diabetic? Oh, Jenny. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> no about relation. that. Sorry about that, Jenny. <laughs> Uh, that we, we know quite a few Jay Binghams, uh, so uh, uh, we're, but we're happy to know another one. Uh, so thank you for being here, Jay. Yeah,
1: that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, I, I would uh, do uh, a liposomal vitamin C. That's my favorite. You can also get an esterified vitamin C. But I think liposomal um, for anybody, whether it be you have COVID or diabetes, it's just absorbed better. So try to get a liposomal vitamin C. Okay. Great question.
0: Uh, Thank you for for that, Jenny. Um, Let's see here. Let's get to, I like this question because um, I'll be honest with you, Mark, I have not even thought about this. Um, I would have thought about it if we were opening in Georgia, um, because I know there's a lot of uh, chelation therapy happening uh, in North Georgia, and we've had an office in Uh, chattanooga which was close um but what's the likelihood of edta chelation therapy being offered at the new bristol pm office in 2022 and and i don't know the rules in virginia for for chelation do you well
1: yeah you can do chelation in virginia in tennessee we can't do it um you know but in uh virginia certainly we can that's one reason i'm in i'm gonna be located on that side of the street uh on state street it's funny right up the split right up the middle. I'm on the state side, state, Virginia side of the state street. So, you know, if I walked across the street to the angry Italian to eat, I couldn't do some of the stuff I do <laughs> across the street there. But yeah, certainly they're a little more uh, progressive. Uh, I, I, so than, what um, is your, what is your Tennessee. thoughts? On- and, and there's nothing wrong with not being, there's, there's good things in not being too progressive Yeah, uh, with Tennessee, but certainly for things like medical marijuana and chelation, it is, uh, certainly uh, legal there and there, you know there's even chelation at the University of Virginia you know it's pretty so perhaps you know certainly we'll do the IV therapies and you know I, I take EDTA orally and if you take it long enough you get some good results I think I think so Um, but yeah.
0: And and the real, the real answer, Mark is, is, is we've, you know, we, uh, we have told Katie Gagley, our operations manager that we, that we're not going to make any promises, uh, on this show that we're not sure about. And, and so we can't say for sure that we're going to do it because we don't, we don't know. We, we definitely have not planned for it, um, uh, yet, but, but we, I, I've always been interested in it. I know Dr. Rogers has. And, uh, so I, I definitely wouldn't count it out. Uh, but but I know Katie's watching and, and, and we're not going we're not going to promise this quite yet uh, but we are we are we are opening in Bristol um in 2022 and we're excited uh, about that and Mark tell
1: your mom that uh, I ate some great sourdough bread tonight tell her thank you yes uh, Wonderful.
0: Yes. thank That's you That's the only kind
1: of bread I really eat anymore sourdough
0: I love me some sourdough Um, Roel asks, uh, doctor, my brother had COVID last year in December, but never got rid of his cough. What recommendation would you give him?
1: Um, I would definitely, um, get a chest X-ray on him. Um, and you know, it could be due to several things. One of the last patients I saw today had a chronic cough. And it wasn't due to COVID. It was due to the fact that he was on a blood pressure medicine called lisinopril. That was what was causing his dry cough. He had developed hypertension after getting COVID last year. And so I just switched him over to um, Losartan. And it'll probably go away. So, so there can be a lot of reasons. There can be reflux can certainly cause a chronic cough, as certain medications can. Uh, certainly sinus drainage. Uh, but I would, I'd be predisposed to get a chest x-ray to look at that. Any chronic cough, I like to get a chest x-ray. Um, even better, get a CT scan um, just to see what the lungs look like. I don't know if he's a smoker, has asthma. You know, things are different, but uh, mold can contribute. Um, there's a lot of things that can cause a chronic cough, and nothing so irritating as a chronic cough. So he definitely needs a workup for it. Um, so great question.
0: Thank you, thank you for that, Roel. Uh, over on YouTube,
1: may have asthma. He may have asthma as well. So if everything turned out normal, I'd probably put him on a little inhaler.
0: Okay. Um, Stephanie has a has a. This is a, a a very you know serious question, and 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 one we've been uh, a, a common question, especially you know how do you advocate uh, for you know a, a family member who. Um, who has to go on a ventilator. Um, so first off, we're, we're certainly thinking and praying for your, for your dad, Stephanie. Um, but the, the question is, um, her dad is in the ICU on a ventilator fighting COVID. Uh, is there anything specific you feel like we should be advocating for? And this is a really, really important question. Uh, so uh, take note, people. Um, this, is, yeah, this is a, a really, I'm, really important one.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry about your dad, Stephanie. I certainly hope he... He does fine. He, he probably, his O2 sats are just so low, a lot of times they'll put you on a vent temporarily just to give you to give you a break from the struggle and sedate you, of course. But um, there's a few things I would probably try to advocate for um, if it was a family member in there. One, I would probably not want to get remdesivir. You, know, you may have already had it. Um, it's one of the only approved medicines for uh, COVID when you're in the, in the ICU, but it really doesn't work um, and may put an unnecessary strain on your kidneys. Um, and there might be some cases where it works. Again, I'm not an ICU doc, but I talk to a lot of my friends who are pulmonologists and certainly intensivists that work in there. Um, and hopefully you've, you've got some that will work with you. And it just depends on them. I mean, I've had family members sneak ivermectin up and uh, they, they turn a blind eye to it and let you give it to them. You know, um, if, if your dad's on a vent, he probably has a, a feeding tube. But um, certainly, they're probably not going to give it. But um, I wish he could have gotten it earlier if he did or, you know, the full Monty treatment for this. But the other thing that um, I would advocate for is L-arginine. Um, you know, which is just an over-the-counter uh, nitric oxide um, uh, agonist that helps release nitric oxide if you can show them some reports of uh, where that can reduce the time on a ventilator by about half by giving that simple safe um, supplement, L arginine. Um, I'd also probably advocate for some intravenous vitamin C. It helps in sepsis, and it helps with COVID. So some hospitals have it, some don't. Um, I had a lady uh, today that advocated for one of their relatives, and uh, the hospital didn't have it, but they were able to procure it from another hospital pharmacy, and they actually gave it to him. So IV vitamin C, L-arginine, you know, if they're open to it, still use ivermectin. I still think it works at every phase of the disease. And I'm sure your dad's getting blood thinners and, you know, I'm not sure what day of COVID he's on, but, um, you know, these intensives are good. I mean, they're doing everything they can and they do have some new stuff. Hopefully your dad got the monoclonal antibodies. Sometimes they won't give them after they're in the unit for some reason, but I certainly would advocate for them early if it's still early enough but um i think i think those are the things that i would do obviously he has covid pneumonia on x-ray um but uh hopefully now it, can, based on this it,
0: it seems that he's he he's on remdesivir um already uh could could they advocate that he get off of it or is that not an option once you once you get started on it
1: well, no, I mean, you know, they could go in there and try to talk, talk them out of it, but um, a lot of it depends on how willing uh, they are to work with the family. Some of them just won't do it. Yeah. You know, won't do anything off-label because they they kind of worried about the responsibility of it yeah, and all. Sure. But, um, you know, which you can't blame them for. It, but that's not their fault. It's more of an institutional type thing. But talk to them certainly about... Uh, adding some L-arginine in there and IV vitamin C. And I'm sure they're, they're keeping an eye on renal function and all. Um, I've heard anywhere from 40% is probably more like it that don't do well with their kidneys with remdesivir. But, um, you know, so hopefully your dad will pull out and you know, be able to wean off that ventilator pretty soon. If you saw my, uh, interview with Dr. Puckett, yep. um, and he wouldn't mind me telling this cause he's been on with us, uh, that he was on the vent for seven weeks. Yep. He's home and doing well now. So, um, and,
0: and he talked a lot about the, the, the power of, of, of prayer and, and, uh, and hope. And, uh, so Stephanie, we're going to, we're certainly going to send up prayers uh, for your, for your dad, uh, tonight. Uh, and, and, uh, I I think, you know, L-Arginine, um, and IV vitamin C are kind of the two ways that, that doc would, would really advocate, um, uh, in there if, if, if possible, if they're open to it. So, um, so prayers to you, to your family, Stephanie. Um, all right, let's get to a, uh, let's see here. This is a, um, antibodies question did i already put this up there uh, different places are offering antibodies for COVID treatment are the antibodies all the same regardless of where you get them
1: there may be some differences there's a few different types out there the one that works the best and they're all they all in with mab so i'm not going to try to pronounce them but the, the one that works the best is the cocktail of two two of the different ones um and that's pretty standard you're probably going to get the, the same one I got and you don't have to get an infusion. You can, I went to the drugstore, arranged it by calling down. Thank you, Hannah, again, but, uh, they give you four shots, two in each arm and you wait there for a while, but, uh, it's a very slow shot. Um, but, uh, didn't hurt a bit. And, um, it's, I'm sure you're getting the cocktail with both the, uh, the, uh, monoclonals in it. So it's going to be pretty sim- pretty similar.
0: All right. Um, Maureen on Facebook asked, do you know anything about radiofrequency ablation therapy for thyroid nodules, uh, benign, and no other thyroid issues?
1: No, I haven't seen that done for thyroid nodules. Um, I've, I've done it for veins. You know, yep. we've done radiofrequency vein ablation, uh, which is a fancy way of heating something up and destroying it so i'm sure there's a use for it for benign nodules as well i just haven't seen it done on the thyroid um so you know sometimes you don't need to do anything to them but just kind of observe them um you know i know my brother used to do a lot of thyroid surgery my dad did too and a lot of times they would just uh, assume you've had a negative biopsy of your nodules, just kind of observe them, um, unless it interferes with, you know, your swallowing or it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, haven't, I haven't seen that done. Um, there's all kinds of stuff they're doing with radio frequency now. And it seems to be a lot less painful, probably safer than the laser treatment.
0: All right. Thank you for that, doc. And thank you for that question, Maureen. Um, Gene asks, if your blood level is 104 for vitamin D, what is a safe dose to take uh, of vitamin D, I'm assuming?
1: Well, if your blood, if your blood levels is 104, you don't need to take any more. I mean, I've seen people's level that just naturally. Mm. Maybe it's your genetics or maybe they're getting enough sun, but um, I like a level of about a hundred. There's nothing wrong with that at all. So Whatever dose you're on, just stay on it right there. 104 is not going to bother you. So just not a freak out. It's not going to cause a kidney stone uh, or hypercalcemia. Always check a look at your calcium anyway. And if you have predisposition to kidney stones, you can back off a little bit. But I don't know how much vitamin D you're taking, but uh, if any, but uh, that's a really good level. So.
0: All right, so it seems just stick with with what you're doing there, Gene. Um, Kathy asks, "How much magnesium should you take for leg cramps, and uh, does it make you sleepy?"
1: Yeah, it does make you sleepy. That's why you take it at night. It's one of the benefits. Um, generally, about 500 milligrams, um, and there's different forms of magnesium. Um, the one I like the Life Extension one because it has a combination of some of the different types in there. Uh, succinate, um, three and eight, I think sit, uh, citrate and ox, uh, mag ox, but, uh, yeah, about 500 milligrams should help your gut your bowels too, especially if you get constipated, it helps a lot. Um, but take it at night. It also prevents cardiac arrhythmias it helps for leg cramps.
0: All oh, right. Works think-
1: great with vitamin D. Vitamin D works good. It kind of helps your vitamin D work better too.
0: Um, so Lori's uh, following up on the antibodies. So I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, doc, the the cocktail is the IV and the shots are, are in shot form, but they're both
1: antibodies. Is that both cocktail? They're both cocktails. Okay. Yeah. Whether it's IV infusion or the subcutaneous shot, um, you know, there's, there's two different monoclonal antibodies in there. You know, I hate to pronounce it because I'm not going to mispronounce it because it's a long word, but they both end in MAB. That's how you know you get a monoclonal that ends in MAB. And there's two. You know, other- monoclonals are made to fight cancer too. But, yeah, it's a, it's a cocktail, and There's there's two different monoclonal antibodies in there.
0: Got it. Um, All right, Loy. Hope that helps. Um, we're going to take one more question here from Jay Jenkins and then uh, call it an evening. Um, what are your thoughts on calcium D-glucinate? gluconate
1: Gluconate um, yeah a lot of people take that form it seems to be readily uh, absorbable that's I think that's why people take it um, but you know check your calcium levels and all um, and certainly you know I don't uh, I don't take any extra calcium. I think you know you should get your calcium through. Um, your food, especially your green vegetables. But uh, if you had to take one, that would be the form to take for sure. You know, um, it has a lot of other benefits besides just, uh, bone health, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm okay on it. Check your calcium levels though. See what they are.
0: All right, guys, that is going to do it for tonight. Um, if I missed your question, um, Oh, this is, uh, we've gotten quite a few questions about the, the sauna. Um, this is kind of a, a home, a home sauna. The one that, that doc has been recommending is from Sunlighten. uh, we will, you know, we'll, we'll put this, um, somewhere where you guys can, can find it, but we've gotten multiple questions about it. Um, so that's the one that he's been talking about. It's in the note today as, as in terms of, you know, added things you can do. Yeah, That's
1: the one I, I get, I get in that thing every day. Yeah. Matter of fact, if you look closer, you can see my foot over there, I think. No, maybe not. Maybe not. But it has music in it. It has uh, uh, red lights as well that shine from the top. And you know, I usually get in there about 140 degrees for about 25, 30 minutes and sweat my guts out. Uh, I certainly got in it when I had COVID. I get in it every day unless I somehow don't have time for it. But uh, it's pretty cool. It plays music and It helps with a lot of stuff. You just feel so good when you get in there and sweat. And actually, I I go straight from there to a cold shower. That really stimulates your immune system. Yeah. Um, So uh, thanks for showing that picture, Ben. A lot of people have been asking about what it looks like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, hopefully that helps. Um, Guys, we certainly appreciate y'all hanging out with us on Tuesdays. Uh, this has been another episode of our Q&A show. We do it every Tuesday at 7. Uh, if you have not uh, checked out the videos that came out today, we put out, uh, I believe, three. Um, one is on hope we did with, with Jamie Winship. So, uh, you know, as we head into the holidays, it's such a great and insightful video. Um, it, I, I actually listened to it again uh, today. And, it you know, if you're feeling, you know, down or, you know, if there's, you know, the holidays, if, if you're feeling lonely, whatever, this is a great, uh, podcast episode to listen to. Uh, even if you're not, it'll just, it'll give you a, a new outlook on, uh, on this season, but also on just the, the, the power of hope and how, uh, it's actually a learned thing. And it's something that we can all, uh, use in, in our own lives, uh, to, to better our life. So hopefully you guys will check that out. And Dr. Rogers did a, um, a a video on on building up your own immune system and the importance of that so check that out if you haven't subscribed yet to to youtube it's our library um that's where we put all of our uh all of our videos um thank you aram um aram is is watching youtube uh the youtube channel thank you for that uh so we appreciate y'all hanging out dr rogers i appreciate your time tonight it's been a uh pleasure as always and uh, i i think i'm coming to to see you guys this weekend so we'll get to hang out oh
1: great man Merry Christmas. All right, guys. Merry, everybody. <laughs> Merry we'll Christmas. Merry early Christmas.
0: We'll see y'all next week. We're, 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 we'll be here uh, before Christmas. We'll do it uh, every single Tuesday, as we as we said. Uh, but love you all. You guys are the best. Uh, we'll see y'all in a bit.
1: Don't go away.